Greetings, film freaks. We are the Popcorn Kernels. Join us as we discuss the hard and often indigestible truths that are at the center of the fluffy and delicious world of cinema. What's popping, people? Welcome to the Popcorn Kernels podcast. My name is Adam, and joining me in your ear holes is Harry. Say hello, Harry. Womack, you piece of shit. On today's episode, we will be talking about The Fighter. This is a 2010 film directed by David O. Russell and stars Mark Wahlberg, Christian Bale and Melissa Leo. IMDb describes the synopsis as follows. Mickey Ward, a struggling boxer, tries to escape the shadow of his more famous but troubled older boxing brother to earn his own shot at greatness. Here is an original song to support the synopsis. High on Crack Street, trying to make ends meet, a frustrated merry-go-round. The rock that is so sweet, I'm drowning in defeat. Brother, please help me now. Boxing brothers who love one another, sisters and their shrill sound. Just be honest, Mickey's better pound for pound. Quacker! Let's start with some facts about the film. Mark Wahlberg waived his own salary and took no upfront fee for this film. Christian Bale was paid only $250,000 for his role. Why did Wahlberg do this? I, don't, I guess it's a passion project. Okay. I, th- I guess he loves the, the story that the uh, film was telling and was so committed to it being made that he was like, no, sir, I won't take money. What makes me laugh is they say Christian Bale was paid only a quarter of a million dollars. And he'd already made his worth. I mean, this came in post Dark Knight, didn't it? Yeah, uh, this is a 2010 film. So, yeah, I believe so. Post yeah. Batman Begins. At least. Yeah. Yeah, so crazy. I mean, 250 grand. Only. To do your... I think it was his first Oscar-winning performance. Yeah, he 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 won an Oscar, so I'm mm. sure most actors would take a reduced cut of pay to yeah. get the most coveted award within the industry, right? Surely. Good, good of Wahlberg to do that, though. Yeah, yeah. I I think uh, it would have been a better fact if Christian Bale also was like, oh, you know what? Don't I don't want any money either. I'll ma- match Mark, and we'll both do this this for free. But mm-hmm. he still had to get a little bit, and a little bit. Quarter of a million's not a little bit of money, is it? It's not minimum no. wage. But I read it only had um, a 25 million budget, which is small in today's worlds of budgets. Yeah. That's quite and small. And considering David O. Russell's a, a well-known established director, mm. you look at his body of work, American Hustle, Silver Linings, Playbook. I've only Three seen Kings. Three Kings. I loved Three Kings. I, I loved it. But you'd, you'd imagine that his uh, salary must have been quite hefty to get him on board. Maybe. He likes his character pieces, doesn't he? Yeah. He likes realistic scenarios, realistic people. He's... Mm. You can always tell, you see that in his work. I mean, obviously, like I said, I've seen Three Kings and uh, now I've seen The Fighter. But yeah, it's made me intrigued to watch the others. I was going to watch Silver Linings, but at the time I think I was a bit, can't be bothered for Bradley Cooper and um, Mockingbird. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. At the time, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the, there's better films of his out there. I haven't seen his newest offering, Amsterdam, but American Hustle is a decent film. Again, I think it's on a true story. Three Kings was based on a true story, right? Is that right? I don't. I don't know if it was. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. 
but it's um it's a great crazy weird story set in the Gulf War, isn't it? About yeah. getting their money's worth before they go home. Mm. Gr- brilliantly casted. Wahlberg's in that as well. Yeah, doesn't look any different. No. Yeah, yeah, he looks after himself, that man. He really does. Dickie Eklund did not like how his mother and sisters were portrayed in the film. Trash. He yelled at Christian Bale after a screening in anger. His sisters also did not like their portrayals. Beaver Eklund walked out of a screening of the film in protest. I watched um, High on Crack Street, Lost Lives in Low... How do you pronounce it? Lowell? It's Lowell, isn't it? Lowell, I think so, I think yeah. it's, yeah. yeah. Or Lowellians, yeah. And it's worth saying that's the documentary the film's based on. Yeah, the HBO documentary. Yeah. You do see a glimpse of sisters in it, and visually, they're very similar. Yeah, I mean, it might be a bit unfair of me to sound as judgmental and say they're white trash, but they they pretty much are. They squawk, they're shrill. There's, what, eight of them? Yes, something like seven that. girls, two boys, and I think the the fact that the real one of the real sisters walked out, Dickie was kicking off because of how these sisters and mothers portrayed. The fact that it was so turbulent, their reaction to it suggests that they are probably a problem. Does, yeah, doesn't that support the yeah. depiction of yeah. them? What are you talking about? I don't like it. Yeah, uh, and some of the nicknames: Beaver, Red Box, Red Dog. I Old think. Dog. Yeah. Red Dog. Some questionable, questionable uh, nicknames, but I think the casting of the sisters were pretty decent because they. I think I feel in the context of the film they're meant to be unlikable. They all have to get their opinion heard. They're all loud. They're all like a. They're like a mob mentality, aren't they? They're they're a group of. I think it's a realistic depiction of that sort of. Um, I suppose for us in England, it would be the UK chav or the council state chav. It's their equivalent for the Boston, Massachusetts sort of chaps. Yeah, it speaks of a group of people that are allowed, always looking for confrontation. They may have their best intentions at heart. The bearing all day. Importance, yeah, the importance of family and how family is is more important than everything else. Mm. But certainly that that type of person, I think it's uh, it's difficult to get on board with, isn't it? Oh, terrible, yeah. I even wrote down... Because it was one of my dislikes. I'd be jumping a gun, but because you brought it up, I put white trash sisters, the chavs of Massachusetts, the bim rummagers, the man eaters, the smoky breath bandits, the blood guffs and trash tribe. And I think it's worth saying we both come from uh, council home backgrounds. So we're not looking down our nose at these people, but these are really, I mean, these people are out there, but they're the worst of these sorts of people. The sort of people that if you're from Britain, you would see on Jeremy Kyle's show. Matt Damon and Brad Pitt were previously attached to play Dickie Eklund, but the role went to Christian Bale, who went on to win an Academy Award. Before Bale's casting, Mark Wahlberg talked to Eminem about taking the role, but Eminem ultimately declined in order to work on his music. You hear that a lot, don't you? Eminem. Me and you specifically, I suppose, just through films that we've been doing, we hear a lot about how he was potentially in line to be in the film. And I'm just like, that's mad that a lot of people want him in their movies. He seems to be highly coveted i'm glad he holds back from saying yes though because we've had recent conversations about musicians actors keep swapping roles and they do it at the early start of their career where they haven't really earned much respect yet but eminem obviously he gets offered a lot he get i mean i think he even wanted to do a he was going to be the lead in a grand theft auto 3 movie wow you know the grand theft auto that made Mm. it this huge franchise it was first time it was 3d open world etc and you and that that didn't come to fruition but there's so many films that he's a prospect for I think people within Hollywood must have seen 8 Mile and been blown away by his performance because, yeah, it's based on his true life. Well-paced film. But, yeah, I mean, he performs it really well. And 
I agree with you. I, I sort of err on the side of caution when it comes to musicians going onto the to the big screen or art or actors going on to, to be musicians. But in the case of Eminem, I'd quite like to see him do more acting roles because I mm. think he's a highly intelligent man. I mean, you look at his lyrics, you look at what he's able to do with the the English language and the songs he writes. It's not all he's not rapping about bling and women and making money. He's, he was he's revolutionary. Rapped, exactly. When I yeah. was at school, when I heard his raps, I'd never heard anything like it. Everything was always gang banging and streets and stuff. And when he came on the scene, he was singing about you know spitting in a burger or homosexuality and stuff. He was so clever. And and, to, yeah. and like kidnap and murder and that it was like he was like edgy as hell really but instances edgy. where it does work like i think i think timberlake does a good job like he he had such a huge music career and when he finally started to get away from music he dips his feet into some cameos and some yeah. comedy stuff and you know in his, his little tenure in um inside llewellyn davis was was fine that's had a great example isaacs like an actor who did the music sang and actually played for a film that's different that's 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 beautiful commitment and it helps that isaacs has actually got a great singing voice amazing yeah amazing so it i suppose it works if it's uh in that in that regard but could mm. you see eminem playing uh dickie eckland it would be a very different film yeah i can't for me he feels like he's too young to be playing dickie eckland i know this film was what 12 years ago mm. But I, I consider him, I guess Eminem's recently turned 50. So him and Christian Bale are probably the same, a similar age, I guess. I just feel Christian Bale's older. I don't know why. Might be the bleach blonde. Who would have been his counterpart? Well, it would have been Mark Wahlberg. So Mark Wahlberg would have been, okay, no. I couldn't see it. No. You need you need cold, stone cold pro and someone who can character act their arse off. But then again, and that's e- where Bale, that's why he got an Oscar. I don't think uh, any other actor I could think of at the time, apart from maybe Sam Rockwell, could have pulled an Oscar for that. Yeah, that's a good shout. Although Eminem does know the the sort of white trash experience because he, he came from like a, a broken home, a troubled family. So maybe him in that role, maybe he would have done. We'll never know, obviously, but maybe. I think it would have been, been interesting. As I said, I'd love to see him act in more films. Again, distracting. I mean, if someone said to me tomorrow, Bale's, Bale's doing a bass guitar solo at the Royal Albert Hall, do you want tickets? <laughs> I'd say, yeah. I was just going to say, you're going to turn that down? I would never turn it down. What a weird experience. A bass solo. <laughs> and But I would be confused by his career choice and it would make me feel very odd about watching him in films post bass guitar solo. See, there's some there's some actors that I'm here for anything they churn out, and Christian Bale is one of them, one of those names. Cookbook. He could do anything, and I think the man is such a enigmatic personality that he could do anything, and I'd be like, well, I'll see what that's like. And that it's worth me saying, he's also known to be quite a handful, quite a dickhead. Mm-hmm. You look at him kicking off at a film as below par as Terminator Salvation. Salvation and completely losing his head. Commitment. Yeah, you can look at that at one hand and be like, oh, he's just he's just a prima donna actor who has to have everything his way. Or you look at it on the other hand and be like, well, he's a consummate professional and even if he's doing a throwaway action film, he need, he wants everything to be right. He expects a level of professionalism in whatever he does. And I think there is that dividing conversation to be had about Bale. I'm certainly pro Bale. I think he's amazing. I think if he did a cookbook, it wouldn't be recipes. <laughs> it would be uh, waistlines, the many waistlines of Bale. And he gives you a, a recipe of how to get to uh, starvation and then how to get to vice. Yeah. Was it vice? Played Dick Cheney, yeah, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, like he's a real chunky boy. Yeah, like that up downing. It's almost impossible for me to imagine how to like lose weight. Yeah, and then like to willingly gain it. Yeah, but, and it's the it's the nuances in which he does that. Like you say, he can be really fat, but then he can be chiselled and like ripped mm. or really lean. I guess if you're a multimillionaire and you've got a handful of nutritionists and personal trainers, it makes it easier. Mm-hmm. But we, I know this about you. You're not a fan of the bail body weight no, up and down, are you? I think it's too much. Yeah, I think he he's done it too much, and it's in in probably a short amount of time as well. Fifteen years, maybe more. When did American Psycho come out? Uh, two thousand, yeah, maybe two thousand one. One of the older ones, isn't it? But that's where he was quite just pristine, I suppose. Mm. And then obviously you got machinist, machinist fighter. Uh, yeah. Vice Rescue Dawn he Rescue gets very, Dawn very American Hustle he looks a bit bulky yeah, he, yeah he's quite He's. I think he's bigger than when he was in uh, yeah um, it's a lot of jumping and I find if that becomes the affectation of him then that's what you keep expecting it's like it's like uh, M. Night Shyamalan you're like there's going to be a twist you know or it's Michael Bay there's going to be explosions it's bailed it's going to be a weight change which is not the first thing you should think of, is it? You should just think great performance or like he's, oh, he's such a good actor. But watching the fighter, obviously, I see the value in yeah in it. Like he's brilliant in the fighter. But I've watched the the documentary High on Crack Street, Lost Lives of Lowell, and even the, that guy didn't look that thin and gaunt. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, Maybe overdoing could, it. It's hard to capture it unless he was reading his The Many Wastes of Vale. He might That's have a great title. I, I would I would buy it and read that. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'd do it immediately. I'd offer that you like the method, though, don't you? I, I do uh, to 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 a point. If it helps, if I like the actor, so but if Jared Leto's doing it, no, because I don't think you've got the talent to back up the method. If it's someone like Christian Bale doing it, uh, Daniel Day Lewis, the talent's there, the charm, the charisma's there. I think if you look at it from a director's standpoint, if you've got an actor there that's like, you know what, I can throw my name into any ring because I can I can be fat, I can be really skinny, I can be chiselled, I can be butch, I can be lean. Whatever whatever physicality you need from me, I am determined and willing to do that. And I think if from a directing perspective, that's got to be a, a positive, right? Yeah, but the best things in life, I suppose, are an acquired taste, so it should be few and far between. You shouldn't eat caviar every day or something because then it loses its effect at being highly prized. That's why I love McConaughey's transformation for Dallas Buyers Club. For almost all of his career, he'd never changed physically or to look at. He was always remained the same and would do his 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 acting or his rom-coms and stuff. And then he does Dallas Buyers Club. It's more of a shock to see the transformation because Bale does it so much. I'm no longer even shocked. I'm not, it's lost it, its effect. So it's, it it's like become, a terrorist attack. Too many of them, you stop caring. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it becomes, um, it becomes less of a novelty and more of an expectation, right? Mm. And I, I can see why you'd have a problem with that. It's not a problem. I still admire him as, I think he's, I think he's a great actor and, Stuff. I just uh, that's that comes to mind straight away. I see a Bale film and I'm like, oh, wonder what he weighs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What did you like about the fighter? Dialogue's very sharp and believable, and it matches the whole the character believability, which is it's always present in the David Russell films I've seen. Like, there's a really natural rebounding between characters. Like, they're almost just human. Like, you've walked into a cafe or a barber's, and people are having a conversation. That's what he, his films always remind me of. The dialogue, just the way the actors are so believable in it. It's very realistic. Like, it's not even, um, this film's not even, it's not even cheesy or hammy. It's not, there's nothing really unbelievable in it. The conversations are very real. Yeah. I always enjoy that. Like, straight from the get-go, um, I think you even mentioned to me that the 
one of the trainers is actually the real trainer in real life, the guy with a tash. What's uh, his name? Mickey O'Keefe. Mickey O'Keefe, that's yeah. it, yeah. And because I, I watched a documentary, I was like, dude, they casted a guy who looks <laughs> the spit of him. Yeah. And you were like, same dude. Yeah. I was like, oh, but it, just that naturalistic chatter that they have all throughout the film. Mm. I find that captivating because I've always, I'm die, I'm all for realism in films. Yeah. If you go to the theatre, and I love the theatre, I love musical theatre, etc., you're seeing a huge over the top experience because it has to be. Yeah. But when it comes to film, I only ever want to delve deeper into realism, be it the dialogue, uh, the consequences, and how real it is to life. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that there's no real flourish or garnish on it, you compare uh, David O. David o. Russell's. Um, script and screenplays to the likes of Quentin Tarantino mm. Tarantino's is all bells and whistles and O Russell's is certainly a more grounded and I think when it's based on a true story it can't have this over elaborate interaction between characters who you know they're like we've mentioned earlier they're deemed white trash so they're not going to be really eloquent but done in the way so they speak. effectively yeah I mean almost to a point where you're like are people actually like that there but I've you see a few films set in Boston like Good Will Hunting's one and some of the support cast that you see in the bars and that are the same as well. And uh, again, I think I think uh, Matt Damon and Affleck were both Boston boys, South Southies, weren't they? Yeah. And so they have a good, they've got quite a big affiliation with Boston. And you can believe it. I met a, I met a couple of girls from Boston, and you can believe it. Yeah. The stories they tell you and stuff, it's like well, that's definitely their thing. There's a, a certain uh, reputation with people from Boston. They're quite um, brazen, quite brash. Well, we got a Vicky Pollard, didn't we? So if you even know of Little Britain, that depiction or Catherine Tate's Am, am I Bothered? Yeah. We've got our depiction of Chavs in the UK. I think Boston's the equivalent. And we know people that are like the characters yeah. that you've just mentioned. Yeah. So I think there is a level of authenticity about Boston with these sorts of characters. Trash pandas. Trash pandas, Hundy P. Uh, what else did you like about The Fighter? Oh, the music, man. And it, do you know where it really got me? And because I didn't even know this song was quite well known. So you've, when I say Bee Gees to you, what comes to mind? Staying Alive. Staying Alive, exactly. So there's a song by uh, the Bee Gees sung by Robin Gibb. Um, I started a joke. Yes. Christian Bale True. sings it to his mum in the car. And that's only one of like five or six songs in this film, which are brilliant. But that one's actually in the scene. It's mm. not, it's not um, offset. Yeah. That really c- captured me. I rewound it a few times because I just thought I love that that's even in this film. Because mm. it's such a beautiful song and it's a quite a tragic song. The fact that he sings it to his mum to sort of almost self-admit to her, like, remember the good days when I was successful. Yeah. Don't get upset for me now. He's quite a gentle heart, even though he's, you know, a crack addict. Uh, yeah, for context. Yeah. Christian Bale's character, Dickie, is a, a crack addict after having an extremely successful boxing career. Mm. Or could have been a great. But yeah, man, the music, brilliant. Aerosmith, yeah. Led Zeppelin, I think. There's some bangers in there, that's yeah. for sure. I think music's yeah. just if you can you if it's if you use it well, it can just help a film. Yeah. Just help it along. And this this one's full of some tunes. It's that uh, the one that I love is Here We Go Again on My Own. It's White Snake. Yeah, when they're walking to the ring yeah. together. So the story's about the two boxing brothers. What one of them is yeah. a, effectively a has been and the other is on the up and up. And when they're walking to the ring together, they're singing that song together, Here I Go Again on My Own. Mm. And yeah, it gave me goosebumps. They're in London for that, isn't they? Yeah. Th- there's yeah. a few songs within the film. The one you mentioned in the, the car with uh, Christian Bale and Melissa Leo. Yeah, uh, I started uh, a joke. Yeah, a, a mother-son dynamic. Mm. She doesn't want to admit that her son's a crack addict and he doesn't want to, to admit to his mum that he is. They both know that he, you know, he's a, a substance user. He's, he's in well too deep. His judgment's gone. He's clouded. By well, he all. took his mum from Backstreet Boston Catholic mummies banged out nine kids to yeah. 
front page mum look how great my successful yeah. my son is so she's still holding on to his glory mm. and hoping for him to reprise his return to to that glory yeah and in in the meantime ignores her younger son who's yeah. his half brother a different dad's mm. yeah ignores her younger son almost to the point where he's he's actually going to get injured in a fight and that because they're not looking clearly at the scenario so it's yeah it's great and it's the fact that it's a true story i think um even adds to it it really Brilliant. yeah it really does doesn't yeah. it any more likes i love the way they shot the whole the whole boxing fights or like even the walk-ins because they were done in the same vein as a real life boxing match so yeah. they'd have the shaky over the shoulder camera the build-up, the guys who zoom in on the corners and stuff. It wasn't shot like Rocky, like a movie. It was shot like a documentary or, or like just real footage. I thought that was kind of cool. Edgy, yeah. like it added a, it added an element to it that was quite, here's the film and now's the actual boxing match. Yeah. So it sort of separated the two. So it wasn't all... It, it wasn't motion picture almost when, the, when it came to the boxing. Yeah, it added another layer to it, didn't it? Because mm. in the film, uh, Dickie's uh, is on the belief that a documentary's being filmed about his um, he's return to boxing. He's lying to himself. Yeah, where in fact it's a documentary about his crack addiction. And he's, crack, yeah, yeah, and he's, he's fall from grace. So within the film, you're watching a motion picture, then you're watching a mockumentary style within the film. Mm. And then the boxing scenes, like you say, that almost again feels like another documentary so it's mm. like an inception type vibe of a documentary within a documentary within a film yeah and it's really well handled and put together yeah i thought that as well that and sometimes Not meta, but layered yes yes mm. we'll go with that and uh sometimes with these sorts of films you see the fights and you're like well i know it's not they're not really punching each other but you can really tell they're not punching each other mm. in the fighter it does have a element of realism like you say the over shoulder um shots makes it feel like works, it's happening yes yeah, it's, it's clever isn't it yeah yeah i think my favorite thing about the film is the man himself christian bell i'm a huge fan of him and i thought he was exceptional in this i thought he uh he really excels in the role of dickie eckland and the nuances of his performance gives a larger than life character like you touched on a genuine believability i think it takes a an actor of bale's caliber to really drive home this film's success because you could, a Dickie Eklund, you see real footage of him at the end of the film. And you, you know, if you watch the documentary, like, like mm -hmm. we have, you see he is a larger than life character. With a lesser actor with that character in their hands, it could feel almost spoofy, almost like a parody because he is so out there and outlandish. Mm -hmm. And the fact he's, uh, he's on crack for a lot of the film, he could be really over the top. Mm -hmm. But he manages to to sort of blend the more serious moments with the comedic moments and give a really good performance that I, I thoroughly think he deserves the, the Oscar for this. Yeah, I wish I watched it for, um, when it came out. I've left it, obviously, so long, 12 years, yeah. or however long I've left it. Because I didn't realise like how bloody good he is in it. Like, yeah. It's such a great performance. And do you know what? It's probably one of the more safer characters nowadays for a strong method actor to take on. Because, you know, it's drug addiction. Yeah. You can't exactly rehearse for that. No. You know, and it's great because I think it's an it, that role can't be touched. It can't be criticised. It can't be ten years from now brought into the limelight as all questionable. It'll be. It's quite timeless. Yeah, and um, it's great. Yeah, I think his performance uh, stood out from almost the whole film. Yeah, like you, it's almost like two films running parallel: the Dicky story and then the, the Mark Wahlberg boxing film. Yeah, it's kind totally. Of like yeah, and it's clever that it manages to balance that balance the two without it thinking that one's not getting enough exposure or, or one's being favoured over the other. The way they they run concurrently, I think, makes the whole package feel like yeah. a really 
decent piece of work. Yeah, like you said, I love how gripping the film is. The Fighter is a fascinating true story that doesn't pull its punches when telling a, a turbulent tale of tricky families and drug addiction. I thought the chemistry between Bale and Wahlberg, uh, the performances of, of everyone involved and the mockumentary style of filming, they all combine to create this, this really engrossing and entertaining runtime. Mm. A film like this... It, it is heavy in parts, but it's also oddly uplifting. It's comical. And yeah, yeah, it is strangely funny in parts. I was creasing up um, on his numerous exits from a crack house through a top window yeah. into bin bags. Yeah. Especially the second one when his mum's gone round the back because all you hear is Bale screaming and hit bin bags. Yeah, and then like scurries away and he tries to like hide the fact that he's just jumped from a window. Yeah, there's there's a, a fair, fair few moments within the film that I found funny. Crack addicts, they are funny. I don't care what anyone says. Watch, watch the high on Crack Street. It's tragic. It is. Yeah. But it's done in such a way where there's just this mad element of comedy. Like nothing shocks a crack addict. And I, it's just insane what they do, what they get up to. <laughs> the I, brazenness of them. It, yeah, there's, there is something to be said. And, you know, it's important that you prefaced it with saying, you know, it's a very serious thing. It's, it's not funny. But when someone's not in control of their own inhibitions... Like, you know, if you're out drinking with someone, then they're four or five pints ahead of you and they're we they're well on their way and you're not. You're watching them thinking, fucking hell. Mm. But if you're there matching the drink, you have no idea yeah. the shenanigans you're, you're getting up to. Yeah, you're in the same boat. Aren't you? Exactly, yeah. So watching the documentary from a sobering point of view and the way it is edited and stuff and the way it's cut, I think it probably is an intentional because <laughs> if it wasn't, if there wasn't those little bits of comedy in a really draining subject matter, mm. it'd be so difficult to watch. And the fact they're so oblivious to what they're doing, that is the comedy of it. They have no idea. I think any film about addiction is so frustrating for an audience because you don't want to see them fall into that, that hellhole. It's like a flight with uh, Denzel. Mm. Like just watching him keep breaking his own his his own like addiction, he can't do it. Like he tries, he tries, and then he drinks right like day before court. You're like, oh for fuck's sake! Like in this film again, when uh, they have a falling out uh, in, so Dicky gets out of prison and he comes back to try and train his brother. And his brother's like, look, a few people think you're bad for my career, etc. And Dicky leaves, and you think, oh for God's sake, he's gonna go and do crack. And it's great because he walks this get out of jail. Happy yeah, cake yeah, yeah. to a crack house and he hands it to him and walks off and it's a bit of relief like oh thank god thank god he didn't carry on yeah you needed that didn't you imagine the film went the other way he just walked in there and just did a crack rock straight away it'd be a completely yeah. different film and well, that's it? like requiem and train spotting there they're probably the best examples of yeah anti-drug films but they're taxing to watch yeah i think that there there is a definitely a place for films like this where it it shows that as tricky as addiction can be it can be conquered it takes a fucking lot of hard work and time and effort and patience and all of those things but it can be done and i for one happy that the film did does end on a on a positive note because imagine it didn't it would be like you say another requiem where afterwards you're like fucking hell yeah, and if you read more into the um, the real life people after that stuff, their their lives only seem to get better. That's good. Like they earned their reputation. They they ended up part owning a gym and a ice hockey rink and stuff. And uh, the film as well helped them, you know, obtain some some success, some much long awaited success. So it's nice, even in real life, the story ends well. Yeah, not for obviously some of Dickie's mates. They probably Ooh, yeah on that toothless stuff. Yeah, getting browned up. Do you think watching uh, an addict 
like uh, Christian Bale's character is within the film. He sees the do- he sees that the documentary is about his drug addiction, and that sort of sobers him, and he realizes. Do you think the people that had this documentary, the the real one made about them, do you think they would watch that and it would kick them into the straight and narrow, or do you think it would just make them dive deeper into despair? Well, I think with Dickie, it's seeing his son, uh, and obviously he's now gone cold turkey because he had to because he's in prison. I think seeing his son and the effect that it has, like seeing his dad keep going away to prison and stuff, oh, heartbreaking. Mm. And I think that's where it, if you get someone sober for four or five weeks and then you hit them with that, I think it sinks in. I think if, they're, if they've only just used, you're talking to a brick wall, you won't get anywhere with them. Yeah, yeah. So I do believe him going to prison helped him get clean. And then I think seeing that documentary sobered his mind. Um, but in terms of the film's actual chronological events i don't think i think he he goes to prison again after his brother's success oh he relapses uh, i think so yeah 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 so i think after his brother's success he still ends up back in but he gets mm. clean eventually yeah. i think it all helps doesn't it i mean you try quit smoking etc you, you can do great for 25 days yeah perfect one thing it takes one thing to oh, throw you off yeah argument with your partner anything yeah. um, a bit of road rage and Work all you stress. can think of is yeah cigarette so i've relapsed on tobacco yeah you know or even a guinness or something. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm, a, I'm that's a very 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 tiny comparison because yeah. the the element of addiction is obviously ridiculous when it comes to crack yeah exactly yeah yeah it's not comparable when when you're looking at class a drugs to a, a cigarette or, or a pint after not having them for a while no yeah and, and it's worth saying i think the film is a really a really fair and clever representation of addiction of dealing with it of it's not like a it's not a straight line it's not like right I'm, i've started doing this i'm going to stop it ebbs and flows and there's relapses there's hurdles along the way like you say the smallest inconvenience can set you off to, to mm. go and do it. And the film balanced with the comedy and the fact it is just fully entertaining just makes it a complete... I, I kind of really liked the fact that his family and even Mark Wahlberg's character, for instance, weren't constantly throughout the film telling him, you've got to quit this, you've got to stop. No one really is ever actually saying it to him. No, because they want the payout. Well, no, I know, but like they're not... Um, no one's saying to Christian Bale's character oh, throughout sorry, the film. Oh, sorry, yeah, I see, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, why are you doing this? Why are you doing mm. this? It didn't focus on it. It's like that we've come, we've learned to accept that this is Dicky. Yeah, and that's kind of cool because even the characters within the film are only sober to it when they watch the HBO doc. Yeah, and they see it for how tragic it really is. Yeah, but because he, he's so polite, so fun. Like when you see it at the start, there's a walking sort of entrance to the film where Mark him he takes Mark Wahlberg from um, flattening a road. He's a road worker, and they walk the streets of Lowell, and you know they're seeing all the neighbours, and Dicky's just charismatic. Mm. I, I mean. We've known some charismatic drinkers. Yes. And they can hold people's attention. But yes. You can't, behind you can't closed deny doors. the tragedy, yeah. the real tragedy behind closed doors and what it actually does to you long term. Mm. So it's I found that really realistic and fascinating. It wasn't all a, everyone screaming for him to get off the crowd. Yeah. Like, it wasn't two hours of intervention, was it? No. No, which it, would, it, have, would have lessened the film. Like you say, the more rea- realistic take is, yeah. well, this is who he is. Okay. If he's not on it, he's he's struggling. Like it, It's separate from our lives with Dickie, so we know he goes to this house mm-hmm. and he does this thing, but he needs to do that thing to cope with his bad back, his he's feeling of, of be, not being successful because he never quite made it. Mm-hmm. And that would have a huge impact on you, wouldn't it? If he was this promising boxer, the almost man, nearly there, mm-hmm. that would knock you for six. Of course it would. Yeah. Yeah. What didn't you like about the fighter? White trash sisters, tramps of Massachusetts, the bim rummages, the man eaters, the smoky breath bandits, the blood guffs, and the trash drive. 
<laughs> yeah, they're the official titles, aren't but they? But done well. Yeah. If you do your research, you watch a few of the documentaries that support that and any other film sort of set in Boston, there is this, it could be called a stereotype, but I do think where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, and I think them birds are quite, uh, they're quite realistic. But it's just the way that they're not allowing a calm situation to resolve itself. They're just pecking away and they observe um they observe fractures in their family as entertainment they're like it's almost gladiatorial yeah it's like oh let's watch these bitches go for i love it when amy adams has a ruck with them yeah it's just brilliant yeah it's so trash they're just a horde of chaos aren't they they are and they have like it's like they've got one voice Mm -hmm. like they don't it's not this is beaver's turn to talk or this is red dog's turn to talk when there's scandal or uproar they're all there squawking it doesn't it's 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 realistic i'm even uh, I used to have old neighbours living next uh, when I lived with parents. Uh, old neighbours, just exactly the same. Chav couple, seven kids. It was there was people coming from estates nearby to fight them on their drive to argue with them. There be there was drunken fights all the time. There's all these rumours of cheating and stuff. So it's like I've literally lived next door to it. Yeah, and you just know the brand. The only thing that's different is they're American, we're English. Other than that, these breed of human bull terriers are real. Yeah, they exist. They do exist. And it's the saddest thing is it's just their aspirations. There's just none. Yeah, like it's okay to to work hard and love your hobbies and stuff and and be a you know, stand up citizen. But these these people sit, drink beer, smoke, and judge people all yeah. day, and they they are direct uh, products of their environment. You mm. see it over here as well. You you have those families like you speak of. That's what they see when they're young. Guess what happens when they grow up? They do exactly the same. Have kids. What do those kids do? Do exactly the same. Well, they show you it in the film, don't they? When Bale gets um, sort of thrown out of the gym by Mark Wahlberg, his own brother, he punches a, a locker twice. And then his little boy jumps off a little step and goes over to the locker and starts oh, punching it's it. so sad, isn't it? So that's great because that shows you that... And it is, it's, it's real. They will look at what you do and if they look up to you especially if you're a huge character they're going to start taking on them traits yeah which is uh that's that's sad you need to break them them lines of uh handing down dodgy dodgy genes and breaking free of them restraints yeah, yeah weird actions yeah and it's worth saying this while we're speaking of this it's not we're not necessarily being snooty judgmentals within the film that i think these characters are written to be unliked they're the peril so they're, they're the mum who's uh, overbearing and thinks she's got the best interest of the son at heart. Not necessarily true. She wants a payout. She wants to feel that uh, elation of her her son being the the talk of the town. So to living speak. on his coattails. Exactly that. Yeah. So within the film, that that family, the the immediate family to Dickie and Mickey. You know, Dickie's going through an addiction crisis. You as a as a viewer, as a consumer, you want him to overcome it. As an audience member, you want Mickey to to prevail. You want him to become ch- uh, to become a champion. Mm-hmm. The family that are surrounding them, I think they're meant to be so detestable that you and I sitting here almost judging them is what was what was meant to happen. Yeah. That's what David O. Russell was looking for, right? Well, it's so true as well, though. You think of like weddings and weddings, birthdays, funerals. It should be about the people that are getting married or the person's birthday, etc. But then you get these little rat-like families that start stressing you out and start eating away at you. Yeah. Like, oh, well, if they're going, then I'm not going and stuff. Like, yeah. oh, I hope you're not going to do that. I hope you're not cooking this. Fuck off. Yeah. Get out. Politicised nonsense. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, fiendish rat things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else didn't you like about the film? Now, I know it's I know it's cinema. I know it needs its its sound effects, but I am sick of the, the Batman comic thwacks and kaboom sounds in boxing <laughs> films. Oh, <laughs> It annoys me. Like, so 
we've started to see in space films that they respect physics and law with sound. Explosions yeah. no longer have sound in, yeah. in space films. They've started to realise that it's, it's highly unrealistic. So why can't they just go a little bit step further, watch some real boxing matches, ones where, you know, maybe it was COVID and there's no audience, but you, and you can hear it. It's more of a wispy sound with the occasional thud. thud. Yeah. Wispy with thuds. I hate it, man. I'm sick of watching boxing films. And another one recently was Million Dollar Baby, which I thought was trash. I know people love that film. Yeah, I couldn't a, get past it. So unrealistic. So unrealistic. The fact that they'd let a woman keep hitting people after a bell and she wouldn't be disqualified from boxing is absolute nonsense. And then hits her when she's turned her back to her, breaks her neck, and then she's in hospital, bites her tongue off. I'm like, this is who wrote this script? <laughs> Clint Eastwood. But the thwacks and the kabooms, oh, it annoys me. And yeah. that sort of not defending yourself. I mean, I've watched hundreds of boxing matches. Like, and it's just, I want I want to see one that's real, man. Yeah. I want to see one that isn't boom, boom, and a guy just not defending himself for 15 minutes and then all of a sudden gets a cheeky one in and wins. Yeah. I just want I want it to be better. Yeah. It is it is distracting when you watch a boxing fight. You you hear the audience. You don't necessarily hear every blow of every punch, do you? you like in this film, every punch is whoosh, poof, poof, poof. and it, it, it yeah. And I'll, I'll give you that. It's very rare that you that a boxer gets held against the ropes for as long as they do in these films. Yeah, like a ref would just stop it if a guy isn't defending himself and he's getting hit in the kidneys repeatedly and he's just standing against rope, which hasn't happens a lot in this film. Yeah. It wouldn't happen. I want to see you can you, like you can be losing a boxing match, but still be great composure, still have mm. great composure. And I just find the it's almost like Rocky is, is now that is obviously a huge cinema. It's a cinema. It's an old. Yeah. It's a movie. It's, yeah, it's a an action movie. Yeah, yeah, spectacle. Yeah. So when I turned on the fighter, I wanted the boxing to match the amazing realism of of the characters, like the opening of the film, Christian Bale sitting on the couch talking in mockumentary form. Mm. So believable. And yeah. his brother sits down with him. So I thought, never seen this, started to get a bit off with boxing movies. I started thinking, I reckon this one's going to have it. And then when it had the documentary style footage in the boxing ring, I thought, wicked. And then I started hearing a, yeah. And no one's, no one's ever punched someone. Like I've seen so many boxing matches. I've never seen one boxer get hit more than two three times at best in the head because by the time that fourth one or something comes they've moved or the the other guys combos tired yeah. out yeah Wahlberg like stand there and get like one two three four five six seven in yeah. the body and then they're like oh if you don't do it's just like come on yeah. match the realism look at space films they stopped with the explosions yeah. be real I think it would be a brave step for a uh, boxing film to not have those thuds because as an audience we're conditioned to think we should hear that but I think you, there is a smart way around it. You focus on the noises of the crowd. You focus on I don't know on the grunts and the and the the just the sound of the ref. The, as I say, the audience going nuts. The heavy thuds and like you like you say, it's every single hit you're hearing. Mm. It does take you away from an otherwise really realistic take mm. on on the boxing film and stuff like that. And within the boxing fights, I think the transitions are really smart. So you see Mickey go through his journey once he di once Dickie's inside of him boxing independently, and it, the camera sort of goes from opponent to opponent, like back and forth, mm. and it's really smartly done. Yeah, but like you say, the 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 sound effects it does take something away from it. They had to so yeah with that with that montage. I suppose they have to move the story along. They have to show you his success. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was done. That was done fine. I just, yeah, I take issue. I just, why not sample real boxing match sounds mm. and just make it a little bit more realistic? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'd be interested to see the reasoning. I'm, I'm assuming it, it's because we 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 sort of think we should be hearing something, and it would be quite odd to not have any noise when the camera's focused on the fight itself. Mm. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see a director be like, you know what, we're going to have a really authentic, almost point of view. And there might be a film out there. There might be one that does that, and we just haven't seen it yet. Who knows? I haven't seen Cinderella, man. It's a good film. Yeah. But again, from what I remember, I think it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. What else didn't you like about it? Or is that you done? That was that was me done, man. I couldn't yeah. really pick much out of it. I enjoyed I enjoyed the whole film. It was yeah. a very complete film. Yeah. It, that That's the perfect summary of it for me. Yeah. Yeah. It, it has a bit of everything, doesn't it? Yeah. I think my first and main dislike is exactly the same as yours, and it's the Squawkin family. I can't stand the horde of trashy sisters that get involved in <laughs> in Nikki's boxing pursuits, and they're a constant, aren't they? Oh, they don't actually have any words of dialogue. They're they're character. The sisters independently have no character arc. They just they just look a mess. They sound a mess, and they all they all chime in as one, like a, a horde of they're angry. a murder of rats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are. They are a swarm of shrill blo- bloaters that are loud and irritating. That, as we said, the actors do a good job in playing and an unlikable and meddling family, but the continuous involvement and sticking their noses in drove me up the fucking wall. I swear to God, one of them trash sisters in it is also in Gone Baby Gone, which is also set in Boston and is the one who's next to her friend going, oh yeah, <laughs> just like, <laughs> quite possibly. Yeah. There's probably a group of those Bostonites that don't know they're in a film. They just get ushered into a corner, see that there's drama and they just start squawking because they think it's real life. I'd unleash them in, in Moscow. They'd move through Russia quick oh god they really fucking would wouldn't they Putin just like climbing over a hill with no clothes on going no please stop <laughs> shut up <laughs> <laughs> yeah my, uh, again like you I struggle to find dislikes because it, it is a complete film that, that is a roller coaster of emotion but one thing I did note and it's only because of you I noted it is the Wahlberg breathless shouting what what yeah you, you can't can't yeah every film and it's something i never noticed until you brought it to my attention but it is it is ever present and once that i clock that he does it you can't unhear it it's like when you realize that owen wilson goes wow wow (laughs) it's the same with uh with uh Wahlberg and that breathy shouting even in quite quiet moments he's there (laughs) oh come on man yeah (laughs) exactly that and uh, if we did a drinking game and did a shot every time he does it in any one of his films, we would be battered by the end of any one of these films. Freaky nights, he does it a lot. Yeah, and it's I'm lightheaded just doing that little bit just then, so I don't know how he does it for every film so continuously. Freaky Yeah, everything. Freaky he's got a little valve to try and open up his lung. And yeah. He's like, I need to reach his thing on my Yeah. Yeah, I know it's it's like a, a stamp, a trademark of he's now. Like I'm, I'm sure directors now, like you know, Ben Stiller does that thing where he gets irritated and goes. <laughs> he does that in so many of his films. Like I say, the Owen Wilson. Wow, there's so many actors that have that. It's like Walkins, uh, low to high. Yeah, pineapple. Yeah, I like to eat it. These are my fucking crisps. <laughs> Very. <bad. laughs> These are my. Yeah. What? He, and it's a shame because I actually think Wahlberg, he, now in, in his moment of his career, he's kind of just a brute. He's kind of play, you know, he's a, he's an individual that takes great care with his body. He's a weightlifter. He's, he's massive. A lot like the uh, Dwayne 
Dwayne Johnson, the Rock is. He's muscular and compact like corned beef. Exactly that. Yeah, tasty, tasty tin of corned beef. But in every film now, he is just that brute force. Mm. So he's he's getting these action roles and he's doing that breathless Wahlberg stuff, which I think is a shame because there is a talent there. He doesn't have to do it in every film. Boogie Nights was his pinnacle of of success as an actor. Yeah. He he plays... um, vulnerable uh underachieving guy who becomes porn star because of his penis size so well and he's not just a big shit house no no that. he's just lean young yeah he's like he's quite young when he does that film but he's very he's very just he's just lean you know yeah and i think he plays that role perfectly i mean he, he tears up in it he's passionate in it he's angry he's, he's on drugs he, it's, it's a good it's probably one of his best I'd, I'd say so, yeah. I'd say the fighter, where he is, a, he's a bit of a, well, he plays a boxer, so of course he's going to be a physical specimen. I'd say the um, Boogie Nights and Departed, where he was allowed to be full Wahlberg because he was just a dick in that mm. film. But yeah, it's a shame that he now seems to be getting into that that sort of body of work where he's just, he it, it, it will be with Kevin Hart. He'll mm. be the brawn when, and he's, it'll be buddy cop thing or something. Or yeah. like, and he's in the recent Uncharted where again, he was just the, the brute. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a shame because he is charming. He is charismatic. I quite like him as a, as an on-screen presence. I think he's, yeah, I think he's a cool dude. He's, and he doesn't have this sort of dick persona outside of what he does work. Mm. Like. I think he's probably, and he's, he likes a laugh. I mean, he's working the other guys. You can tell the guy laughs. Like yeah. him and yeah. Will Ferrell's out, take some bloopers from the other guys. You and know Ted. he's, yeah, Ted. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, right. Yeah, he's, he's. I suppose he's gone through. He's going into a sort of an early McConaughey stage, mm. where he's just doing what's fun and what yeah. comes to him. But, yeah. Doing a lot of Netflix originals now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah that's a shame. I've got some questions. Mm. I know you aren't a fan of Bale's dramatic changing of weight. Do you think his weight loss for the character of Dickie Eklund was warranted and added an air of believability to the performance? Yeah. I think it's warranted. I think he might have gone a bit too far. Only looking at the uh, the real Dickie Eklund, I think. He never looked out that gaunt. Yeah. But. I mean, the, the real Dickie, Dickie Eklund's a slender man. Mm. But like you say, Christian Bowerness is really... Yeah. And he does... I think it's It good. weren't machinist thin. No, but. that that was like medically dangerous machinist. Like, yeah, I don't know how he's that's able... That's where it bothers me because yeah. I'm like... Well, it's I, a I, film. If you look at it, there's, there's people out there that have got genuine disorders, anorex, yeah. anorexia and stuff, and he's doing it for a part. Now, I know you haven't seen The Machinist. No. Uh, I do think he, I think the film's very good. I think he's excellent in it. And the character within that film is this really troubled insomniac where in the context of, of being an audience member, you don't know why he is in the shape he's in and that unfolds as the story progresses. So I think like that, like he is in this, I think he does overdo it. Mm. And in The Machinist, there's a few scenes with his shirt off and it, it's it's horrible. It is like watching someone who's malnourished. It's, it's you see every rib in his rib cage, every bump in his spine. It, it is horrible to see. So I, I do appreciate and understand where when you say you can go too far. And I, I would even go as far as say I agree with you with some of the roles. But this yeah. one, I think... Might be an age thing. When I was younger, I, I coveted that type of acting. With my own aspirations to be an actor, I thought there is nothing I wouldn't do to be an actor. I would, you know, if there was like, you're a heroine, I'd be like, I'd need to find heroin. <laughs> but I think as I got older and more bitter, I yeah. probably look at it now and I'm just like, there's good, there's great performances and great films out there that don't require all of this method. And he's not always doing it, I suppose, but like from, you know, if you can count, I think maybe four or five huge body transformations. It's just, uh, it's just become one of his, it's his makeup now. 
Mm. And uh, you expect it, I suppose. It's for me, it's lost its appeal. But yeah, I don't watch Machinist. It's not because of moral issues, but I just, I think it frustrates me that he put he put himself to that point, like you were saying. And then you you think of like people that je- have genuine malnutrition or starvation, and people in the world that well, it's not a choice for don't want to be that way. Yeah, and I suppose he's doing it to get an Oscar. What's the because what's your end game to make such a drastic change to your body? Uh, no script. Or no film company would ever require him to lose so much weight. Yeah. I mean, Castaway was quite a cool transformation with Hanks. Very relevant to the storyline. I suppose Machinist must have its reasons. Well, he does the same in Rescue Dawn. I don't know if you've seen that yeah, film. Great yeah, great Yeah. Love it. That's uh, Herzog, isn't it? Yeah, he plays a prisoner of war. So Big him old. being malnourished and, and effectively yeah, starving, it makes, it makes sense for the story. Yeah. But I, I guess the and the, the main point of the your problem and perspective is just the frequency in which he does it. Mm. It's like, we know you can do that now. Like, well, yeah. come on. So Rescue like, Dawn Machinist and now The Fighter. Yeah. he's lost drastic um, he's underweight and I think the latest David O. Russell film Amsterdam I haven't seen it but I've seen images of Christian Bale in, in that and he's very very slim in that not mm. not machinist or Rescue Dawn level slim but I'd say I'd say on, on par with his uh, performance as Dickie Eklund that slim if a thief broke into his house and was going through his wardrobe looking for watches and that I reckon that thief would shit himself and leave because he'd think 12 guys lived there <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, fucking pants. I, I guess if he's if he's an actor that's transitioning through weights all the time, different weights, he's going to have to have clothes for his every day to fit that clothes wastage. Yeah, whoa, maybe I'd like to see in his closet and read his cooking book. Probably find Tom Cruise in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what two actors would you like to see fight each other in a charity boxing match? Oh, that's awesome. Warwick Davis. What? Why have you gone there? What? And Stephen Merchant. <laughs> No, no, Warwick Davis and um, Rob De Niro. Why? Willow. <laughs> That's the reason why you want to see <laughs> a a small man and an OAP that. fight. You wouldn't want to see that? I mean, I'd watch Is it. Is it a boxing match? Yeah, for charity. Yeah, so it'd be funny, wouldn't it? Yeah. But because of the size difference and the age difference? Well, it'd be a challenge for both of them. One's really old and one's really short. It'd be an interesting fight. Don't think it'd last long. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> over round one yeah. who'd win De um, it depends if De Niro De, played would, would De Niro commit I don't know I mean I'll be honest I had a few ideas in my head where your answer might go that was nowhere in the hemisphere of, of what I thought you'd say Yeah, I thought you'd go Big Brute against Big Brute I thought you'd go frob, Heart Frobs like Gosling versus don't underestimate Pitt. Warwick Davis oh I'm not you imagine him going at your knees be brilliant yeah not for Robert De Niro, wouldn't it? No, but he'd just kick him, wouldn't he? <laughs> okay, Thank, thanks for that. I think I would go, if I could go back to their prime, I'd love to see like Schwarzenegger and Stallone slug it out because mm. they're both physical specimens. And obviously Stallone has a lot of training for his role as Rocky. I think that would be a cool one. Um, maybe uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson against Carl Carl Drogo what's his name Jason Momoa yeah that'd be quite good but again these people look I think a lot of women would tune into that one yeah 100% yeah they'd make a lot of money for charity there but I think physically that would be a good fight but probably realistically they're probably not brawlers it would look like a wrestling match that one they look so clean and sheen there is a correct answer and I think the correct answer is Matt Damon versus Ben Affleck because they're mates love to see him rock Damon would be reckon 
I think Damon would get I on his know. inside and just rock him with nasty hooks, whereas Affleck had, would have one power punch because he's a bit taller, maybe a bit bit of a distance to it. I still I prefer the uh, Warwick Davis-De Niro belt. Yeah? Yeah. Maybe we can try and make it happen. Yeah. What would you uh, rate the fighter out of 10? Eight. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, that's exactly what I gave it. Eight, only because, I've, like I said, I struggle to, to love boxing films. I've yet to see one that has really blown my mind in terms of the boxing. In terms of crack, this is a great, great, great crack film. This is an amazing crack film. It's a great film. crack film. Yeah. It's not a great boxing film. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's worth saying that it's it, the way it, it sort of portrays the, the crack addiction, it'd be so easy to, to look down your nose at it and, and so easy to villainize the people do it. But it does give the audience sort of a level of empathy and sympathy for people that, you know, through tough life experiences through through whatever they've gone through turn to it as a as a form of escape mm. and it does it it sort of blends that sort of feeling sorry for them and also really like thinking how awful that must be to to be in at the end of your tether to to mm. go that route so yeah i i'd go like like i said with eight as well that gives the fighter a total score of 16 out of 20 if you like your films to be based on a true story with a perfect blend of comedy and drama or if you like to see bale body morphosis and Wahlberg breathy shouting, then The Fighter could be a film for you. Consider watching this one if you enjoyed Raging Bull, Cinderella Man and The Wrestler. Should we play a game? Si, senor. The game in question is what the plot, where the rules are simple and the results quite the opposite. Harry will conceive an original idea from his big and beautiful brain and give birth to a plot. It is then down to me to nurture this thought by providing a film title, genre, cast and anything else I can think of to raise this brainchild into a fully functioning film concept. Over to you, Harry. Single place setting. Oh, Set in a theme park, but the scene that we're going to be sort of majority kept is on the front cart of a roller coaster that's just hit at high speed, another cart ahead of it. And we're going to be in the front cart with a couple who've pinned their legs. They've, they've crushed their legs. Someone behind them's died. And it's going to literally be the scene of this boyfriend, girlfriend in the front in agony um, on a roller coaster waiting to be rescued. They're at the top. They're surviving with just pure pain and fear. You're going to, so you're following their story in the cart uh, the whole time, obviously, in the distance down below them. They can see ambulances. They can see people surmising trying to figure out how to get up there to rescue him and it's just i'd say it's an hour and 20 minutes of this just very 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 graphic very heartbreaking tragedy stuck on a roller coaster your legs are pretty much gone broken smashed to smithereens you know there's other people but not many maybe let's say seven or eight characters but your two main ones are a guy and a girl who are on a date or you know they're their boyfriend girlfriend and they're now stuck in this horrible situation they can they get they're both conscious they can talk to each other support each other but they're arriving in pain and it's just a very difficult watch that's what i feels that's what i feels okay i do i do like that idea. i can give you a single, single setting no i like that single setting no I, I meant for ideas no i like that okay i think that's 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 quite strong um starts off like a lovely date like you're just seeing this happy theme park feel going on They've gone on rides, they've eaten, they've kissed, they're having a beautiful, beautiful time. Then they go on this coaster. And this has actually happened, I think. This happened in um, in the UK, didn't it? Orton Towers. Did yeah. it really? Yeah, it did happen, yeah. And they had to have their, had to have their legs amputated. Yeah, it actually happened in real life. That's why I don't think I went to a theme park again after I read that. But yeah, they go on a lovely date and then 
they go on this one ride and just because of some malfunction or something one cart didn't get, actually get back off the line and as they've come around a loop going really fast they've hit it and every all the g-force yeah. has come forward and then you're watching their um their just struggle i think it would be a really hard watch like a I suppose like 127 hours or something but yeah or buried or phone booth yeah it's worth me saying that i love single setting films hmm. i think they're they're great and they don't require to be much longer than an hour and ten, fifteen, hour and twenty. They don't really need you, to be very long-winded. They don't need. They, they don't. You don't need two hours of just pure peril. Mm. And there's only so much you can do. Can yeah. So I would. Uh, I've got a, a few little things that I'd not necessarily adjust, but ideas just to sort of play around with it. A I'll allow bit. it. So I see it as this could be uh, the owner of. Uh, amusement park really really well established owner of an amusement park who's met a new uh love interest mm. in in his later life and he waits till this amusement park's closed and he's going to go on the roller coaster and right at the top he's going to propose or something make a grand gesture because he's in later life and he wants to do this really romantic big gesture it's entirely different no, it's not. It's still set in a. It's still a single setting. It's still in a. Does he take a park. knee? Mm, I don't know. We'd have to look at the physics of the um, the cart that they were in. Okay. But I think in these sorts of films, it's very easy to to have very young and attractive actors at the helm. So I would have it a bit more an older guy and an older woman, just to just to mix it up a bit. Single single setting type environment. I like the idea. As I say, I love single setting and I, I'd see it being this real dramatic, tense affair. So just for just to recap, it's a single place set in a theme park. Um, the film's from the perspective of a front cart, which has crashed right at the top. They, all, all the roller coaster is jammed. They're up high enough that it's hard to rescue them. Yeah. So they're, they're is it in night time. Uh, yeah, I'm making it light. So no one else is there? No so, one's there. So they only get rescued in the morning. But I, I see it as they get to the top and it jolts or something, so maybe their phone gets out. No, but I need their legs to break. Why do you need the? You just want their legs to break? Well, it makes it because more difficult. It, no, because that was the, the... It happened in real life. So I... I okay. I don't yeah. want them to just be... That's a comedy. If they don't <laughs> get... Their legs break. Injured. Their legs break. Yeah, because these there has to be peril within. You've totally the peril. changed it. No, I haven't totally changed it. You're saying they get to the top of roller coaster and they get stuck, and he proposes. That's a that's a comedy. But no, them the, having a horrific crash no, during the, the day. The proposal is why they're there. So if the roller coasters at if it's at night and he owns the theme park, they go up there so he can look over the city and he does a big gesture of proposal. So that's why they're there. That's no one else is there. Because if they was there in the middle of the day and they got trapped, I would imagine there'd, there's all sorts of safety protocols to get them in. When they go up, his phone could fall out or something. I don't know. I haven't thought this out. You gave the idea. I'm trying to flesh it out. Anyway. Offended. You're not offended. No, this is good. I'm just adding flesh to it. You're not. It's still your story. I want flesh to be taken away they, from the bones. Right. They both break their legs. They break their legs because the guy who's proposing... No, they break the their legs because they hit another cart at full speed. Okay, that's what happens. But the reason they're there in the first place and no one else is around is because the guy owns the amusement park and he wants to propose when there's no one else around looking over the sea. That's how this was coming to my head. <laughs> it's, it's helpless. That I have not changed your plot. 
there's still a couple of people that get the roller coaster malfunctions. They break both their legs. They're fucked. They're stuck at the top. It's single setting. They're not safe straight away. Everything's still the same. In agony. They're in agony. Yes. The only thing I've really changed is instead of these being young, bright things that are young and attractive, they're older people. I never said attractive. Okay, well, I saw them as attractive because most movie stars are attractive, let's be honest. <laughs> so I'd have older people. I'd have Richard Jenkins and Catherine Keener stuck in a roller coaster car at the top. Who's Catherine Keener? Why I forget this? Uh, she's the mum in Get Out, and she's been in so many oh, things. Well, that, yeah, this, oh, yeah. The 40 year old virgin. Yes. Capote. Oh, yeah, I know. Yes. Being John That's Malkovich. Right. Yeah, she's great. And Richard Jenkins. He's great. He's amazing. So, All my life, I wanted to be a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just an interesting little twist in a single setting film is it's an elderly, uh, not elderly, that's disrespectful, <laughs> an older couple. I don't think they'd be found alive, mate. But you could have Catherine Keener's terrified of heights, but he's, uh, Rich Jenkins' character's being like, it, he owns the role at the Imagine thing Imagine that, you're totally safe, honey. Bloody hell. Yeah. Legs broken, crashed. His phone falls out. Maybe he needs... The phone. You love the fucking phone. Well, because if... <laughs> What's the, the phone? If they had the phone, it would just be 911. Excuse me, we're stuck oh, on the... We're stuck on the... We're stuck I'm on a roller. It's like, okay, we'll send over a fire engine. Done. No. Without that... Not. I've written... No. So they're easily saved. They're not easily saved. Do you know how hard it is to get fucking paramedics off a roller coaster and get no, They would just get them down. <laughs> they would just get them down. <laughs> it's they all would just get them down. All right. All right. Well, it would be easier to get them down if there was a phone. Look, I said it earlier. I prefer the realism. Dave. So I just, you know, I've read a real story. I wanted to get that into but a film. But to make it an interesting film, it's you've made it. Have... You've made it an iPhone film. Yeah, it is an iPhone film. Yeah. But he's dropped his iPhone. It's screen. So it's just black screen. I'll allow iPhone. everything you've said if you now say it's set in the 90s. Yeah. And it's with a flip phone and it's not a touchscreen. Okay. No, it's set in the 90s. Brilliant. So this debacle with phone is not even Done. there because there's no mobile phone. It's just, a, no, it's a flip phone. There's no phone. Nokia 7610 or whatever It is set in called. 1978 when phones weren't a thing. How about that? The yeah. angle I was going, it's, a, it's a, uh, I think uh, the older generation of people aren't always represented in film. And instead of seeing this schmoozy young couple it's- go up to the top... I've added the proposal in, all it's right? It's not schmoozy. <laughs> it was just like a date that goes terribly wrong. But the, the reason I wanted it to be horrible and in the day and crowds watching and seeing is because you're you're stuck on the roller coaster with this couple and they're in agony. They're barely, you know, they've been dating and stuff and they're, now they're living in this horrific moment together. And down below them is people trying to figure out how to save them. You turned it into a, a, a sleepover on a roller coaster with a mobile phone. Come help us. No, they don't. That doesn't happen because the mobile phone falls. So we, we see a scene of a mobile phone falling and that's their death sentence. No, but you're... Shut up. <laughs> because your story's a non-story as well. Seal it, dog. Name it. Your story's a non-story as well. Because if there's people there just My story's them. a real story, essentially, because it has actually happened. It has actually happened. All right. Well, directing the film is Rodrigo Cortez, who did Buried because he's a single sen- set, single set in director, <laughs> and we know he can do it. And I'd call the film Roller Coaster. Oh God, <laughs> that's terrible. Set in 1978, when mobile phones weren't a thing. What? No, it is set now. No, pre-phone setting. A theme park owner. Later in their life, they aren't older. It is a young couple, set in the day. It is set at night. 
They are stuck without a phone. They have a phone. They do not have a phone. A phone means they are easily saved. No, it doesn't. Stop changing the film. I am not. I am fleshing it out. Bollocks. It is set now. In the day, there is broken legs and peril. There is peril, but at night, with no phone. In 1978. No, this is not what I pitched. Fuck you. No, fuck you. It is at night. There is no phone. It's 78. It's called Roller Coaster. It is directed by Rodrigo Cortez and stars Richard Jenkins and Catherine Keener. I will have no part in this. I don't need you. Roller Coaster will be a thrill ride with loads of ups and downs. I'm going now. Good. Roller Coaster. Coming soon.